Welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyad. My name is Kevin. Today is Tuesday, June 21st. We are back with another episode. Uh, the off-season craziness is about to begin with the draft on Thursday. So we'll preview that um, in this episode briefly uh, bef- before we get to that and some other storylines for this offseason. Let's uh, review the um, Celtics Warriors finals that uh, finished on Friday. Uh, it was Friday Thursday night. Thursday, we should have. We honestly should have just recorded Thursday night when we had that energy, and yeah, I, I think it would have been uh, it would have been a lot fresher in our minds and everyone's minds, and we would have been on cloud nine still. Or at least yeah, yeah. Just to d- recap, both me and Gladdy were pulling for the Warriors. Um, I think we both picked them in seven too. Yeah, we both picked them in seven. They they were able to finish it a little bit quicker. Um, I think I think the one disagreement we did have in the series was I said that Tatum was going to be the best player in the series, and you said Curry was going to be, and obviously Curry was the best player in the series. I think we um, had a couple other um, things that I took notes on as well. I thought you had a great point about Wiggins being the X factor. I mean, yeah. I think that pretty much came to fruition. I mean, he led he was, both teams in rebounding. Yeah, I mean, realistically, he was the the second best player in the series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you kind of talked about him being the X factor against Luca and how he was able to slow down Luca at moments. And mm-hmm. obviously Luca is probably the best or at least definitely top three uh, best offensive players in the NBA. Um, so, I mean, back-to-back series being able to do that to Luca and Tatum is just super, super impressive. Yeah. And, and again, on staying on Wiggins, like, and we've mentioned this a few times, like it's such a luxury to have a number one talent be like your number three or number four guy. Um, It just takes so much pressure off him and, and, you know, watching the games and especially against the Mavs, just because they're not as uh, athletic as the Celtics, you saw that, that talent really in spots really give the Mavs trouble. And again, give the Celtics trouble. So you know, it, it really is a luxury to have and, and it'll be interesting and we'll talk a little bit about it, but it'll be interesting to see what they if they extend him to another contract or what they do with that. Yeah, like um, they always they always have that wing player that can kind of obviously KD is the biggest luxury of that type of player. Yeah. And, you know, they had Barnes back in the day, um, but just kind of like when their you know, beautiful offense does break down in those certain certain scenarios, you know, a wing guy that can kind of still kind of go get a bucket. Like I said, obviously, KD is beyond um, a, a luxury for that that role. But, I mean, I thought right, Wiggins just played it great in this series. Um, you know, when it did break down off the dribble, uh, step backs, get into the rim. I mean, it's not like he shot the ball very well from three. Um, but it didn't really seem to deter his confidence in those other, you know, isolation scenarios, which I thought was huge for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think the other point we made was that if if the Warriors were able to kind of keep it close in most games that they were that they kind of their experience would would allow them to kind of finish the games strong. And and I thought that you kind of saw that in tight spots, especially in the latter part of the series where you saw the yeah. Celtics really tighten up in certain situations, especially it's kind of crazy because it, it was like they were tightening up, but it was like more in like the second or third quarters. Cause like we didn't have a ton of games close in the fourth school. Fourth, in the fourth, fourth yeah. at all. <clears throat> it usually either switched at the end of the third 
<clears throat> or the beginning of the fourth where some yeah. team took a lead and some then the other team was away. just trying to catch up. Yeah. And then I thought another thing um, that kind of, and, and I forget who exactly said it, but like I mentioned it in our pod before, but like that, that concept of the best player being, you know, 24, 25 years old, it's just super rare mm-hmm. on a championship winning team. I think we both thought there was kind of a t- coin flip in the series because of um you know everything we had seen from boston so far but uh you know they had a super talented team so we kind of thought that could balance out the fact that they had such a young nucleus and young core Mm -hmm. um but i I think at the end of the day too this warriors offense is just so different than any other team in the nba like the celtics defense was great all postseason you know slowing down those isolation or like you know one player dominant um offenses but it's just the the ball movement and player movement in the Warriors offense is something so different and something you can't really prepare for um that I think you know in the end of the day you know that that championship pedigree and the you know the the space that Steph creates and and the gravity pull that he has really not exposed the Celtics defense but kind of showed it was more vulnerable than we thought you know best defense ever people were saying um, so I think that was kind of exposed at, at the highest level, you know, this, this finals. Yeah. And I think, uh, just, you know, on that point with the, the Warriors offense, um, you know, we, we did kind of say that, I mean, obviously without KD their, their offense isn't as, as, you know, as, uh, potent, um, as it was, but with the ball movement and, uh, a lot of attention being on Steph Curry and players playing their role, Draymond Wiggins, you know, Otto Porter, Gary Payton, that they just, they just know how to find buckets. You know, they just know how to find easy baskets within a game, um, you know, that will keep them in games. Um, And then I think, I think the major point of this series was just the Warriors defense on the Celtics offense Um, in four of the six games. They held them under a hundred um, a few times under, well, twice it was 90 or below. Um, they kept them. So I think, I think in game two, you kind of saw a little bit of a switch um, with the, cause game one, uh, the Warriors, you know, had, had uh, control of the game for most of it. And then at the end Celtics kind of just went on a, on a big run that, that finished it. But in game two, you kind of saw the, the the Warriors take control and then it kind of um, propelled them to play that same kind of defense for the rest of the series. And as the series went on, you could see the the Celtics getting more confused, getting more unsure of themselves. Yeah, lots lots of turnovers and a um, lot of that settling for shots. A lot of the first couple games are like feeling it out, and then yeah. like then coaches kind of make those permanent adjustments and stuff. And that's one thing we talked about too, like that Kerr experience over a first year head coach definitely played a factor later on in the series too. They kind of nailed down exactly how they wanted to cover Tatum and Brown, like force them to their left, let them go, make them put the ball on the floor with the help defenders showing, and you know they really got exposed in terms of their turnovers. And kind of the the playmaking slowing down there, um, and then I think another thing that we talked about before that um, you know we we disagreed on, and I'm not saying I said it with a lot of confidence, but I, I said that the Warriors I thought they were the deeper team than the Celtics, 
Yeah. Um, I think you saw that, you know, the Celtics were not able to rely on that bench at all. Yeah. Kind of post, uh, post buck series, to be honest. Um, obviously Derek white had a good heat series. Um, but I mean, that definitely played a factor. I mean, I think Tatum and Brown as the series went on, like not only did they struggle, but they, they were exhausted too. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the Warriors were able to survive those non-stuff minutes, um, as the series went on, especially with pool, giving them great minutes as the series went on. Um, and their overall depth, uh, I thought was a huge factor and allowing them to pull that out as well. Yeah. And honestly, I'm just thinking back to like last year with the Bucks and the Suns, like the Suns were up 2-0 and then the Bucks won four in a row. So like to kind of on your point about where the first couple games is feeling out and then the coach makes adjustments. And if the adjustments are good enough, um, you know, you, they might not, never look back. And that's kind of what the Warriors did um, after going down 2-1. Um, you know, they won three in a row after that uh, with Curry's, you know, game four, 43-point game. So um, you definitely saw like the experience and the confidence and, and them being there before as definitely a huge, huge help. Now, I'm just curious, like if you think about it, right, if you look back on the and this is just kind of something to come. A lot of times you talk about like who's the best player in the series, that team usually wins. Like so this year, like 2022, you see the Warriors won Steph, 2021 Bucks won it, Giannis, 2020 Lakers um lebron LeBron. 2019 raptors was Kawhi, Kawhi. also because of injuries yeah then the only time it becomes into question was like the the Cavs warriors ones but that's also just like probably like the best team ever so like even if lebron was the best player in one of those series like they still had guys that were so close to him and it was the best team ever um and it's also and uh, like to that point the best team ever like a best uh, a better team is going to you know, a, a really good, solid all-time team is going to be a, you know, all-time player if he's by yeah. himself. But that, that, yeah, that being said, yeah, exactly, by himself. But yeah. as, if there's a, you know, a balance in there, like a lot of times, you know, you see coming into this series, like there's there's a relatively even teams. Um, and you can see that obviously in what we see in the postseason, you can see it in the series odds, um, you know, when it is relatively close there. A lot of times it does come down to the best player in the series. And uh, that was clearly stuff in this series. Yeah, definitely. You want to just take like a couple <clears throat> minutes and just kind of look at these two teams moving forward. Yeah. So, um, you know, Unless you had uh, any last final, final thoughts, no final thoughts, just, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with, with television and them, you know, trying to be, um, entertaining and a top of stuff like they've already got into you know is curry a top 10 player of all time um you know we can maybe discuss that in the future maybe in the summer or something but what i want to what i think about the warriors and celtics i'm going to kind of go back on some opinions i had in the past that i i thought that i admitted where i was wrong on but you know I didn't, I thought that the Celtics and Warriors were both kind of like middling teams that, you know, they, they had a shot maybe, but I thought they were better teams um, in the league that they were going to beat them. Obviously they made it to the finals, but I, I don't like, I don't, I'm not as confident in both of their futures moving forward. Like I'm, I think I'm more confident in the Celtics than the Warriors. Um, Number one, because I think the Celtics are younger and the East is weaker uh, and is I the think, East weaker though? I think it is. I think you're going to have a lot top. more. I mean, I think it's just going to be Bucks and Celtics at the top. 
I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers. They might yeah, be heat, three. I don't know. Heat are getting old. I don't. I mean, they only. PJ opted out too. PJ opted out. Oh, I mean, they older. only have one star. If they're going to be battling Giannis and, and Middleton, I don't. I, 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 you know, I don't think that they're going to be able to match up well with that. If they're again, we saw them with Tatum and Brown. And they're only getting better. They lost to them. So I think you know. I think Celtics. Um, you know, they'll have to make a couple move, couple of decisions on like Robert Williams. Um, I don't know if they have. I think Al that's. Wolford, I think, think that's fair for the next for like moving forward but at the same time like when i think next year in the west like i mean like the suns are probably going to take a significant step backwards with chris paul getting older and deandre being gone like the only team that i i mean i guess you could yeah you could say i mean grizzlies are getting better the the grizzlies and you could say the uh clippers will be back too they'll be back the mavs nuggets will have will have will be healthy yeah that's fair so i i do think you know Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look at it, but I think maybe at the like the top five or six positions, it'll be very competitive for the the West. Yeah. But the top teams might be in the East in terms of like the Bucks and the Celtics and maybe the Sixers, um, just because of their talent. But in terms of the West, it's just going to be very competitive with that with those top yeah. five spots. I think. Um, but again, I think I think the Celtics you know, caught some breaks like most championship teams do. They, you know, played Bucks without Middleton. They played um, a hobbled Heat team. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of play, a lot of people pick the Nets to beat the Celtics and then, and then they pick the Celtics to move on from there. So, you know, I, I don't know how, how that logically makes sense, but, um, but I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, I, I don't think they would have gotten by the Bucks without that yeah, Middleton same, injury. Same. But at the same time, yeah, I agree with – I mean, yeah, realistically, they're probably going to be a, a top two team going into the – like maybe – it doesn't matter about like regular season standings, but like, you know, in terms of favor to come out of the East next year, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it's, it's definitely going to be that. And there's going to also – we're going to talk about a little bit with like free agency and trades. There's going to be a little bit of movement. So who knows where like – a dude like Bradley Beal will end up and stuff like that. So we'll uh, see. Loser probably go back to DC. <laughs> also, uh, last thing before we get off the finals, um, just an FYI, uh, since Al Horford and his family made it about him <laughs> writing that article in the athletic about staying Celtics fans when he went to Philly and OKC, the Celtics were 0 three. So, uh, okay. Just a, just a, just a FYI to all those. Just a, a karma warning, a karma warning to the future yeah. ex Sixers players. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, some of the storylines that are breaking out um, just in this early off season, um, since the season just ended. Obviously, we're coming up with the um, coming up to free agency in the next like month or so. I think beginning of August, right? Or mid mid July, something like that. Yeah, I think. Remember, isn't it usually like around July fourth? I believe. Oh, it I thought it'd be the July first. Last year was in August. Okay. Well, the I know the bubble messed things up. That's true. Yeah. So you're yeah you're probably right. It's probably like a month moved up. So yeah, probably July. Um, because they I, yeah because uh, do they do free agency before during? It's June thirtieth. There you go. I just looked June thirtieth. Okay. So yeah, it's about uh. Wow, it's only so it'll be so before, it's a week after the draft. A week after the draft. Week after the draft, and it's before summer league. 
Um, so uh, there's also not a lot of cap space. To, like there's not a lot of teams with like max level max like level, cap yeah. space. I think it's like the Magic, uh, the Pistons, the Spurs. So there's really not a ton out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to rattle off a few players and you just tell me what you think, whether they'll stay or leave their okay. spots. Maybe I'll throw out a couple places. So that... we, ju- we just uh, we did mention P.J. Tucker. He opted out. Do you think he's going to leave the Heat? Um. You go back I, to the Bucks, maybe. I think he'll go. I think he'll definitely stick with the like contender esque route. Yeah. Um. I, I just don't know if like. I guess his concept would be like, hey, my value went up more this postseason. That's why he opted out, and he's just gonna try to get more money. I mean, like personally, I'd love to see him, at, like as a Sixer. Um. So I mean, yeah. I, uh, I'll say he'll leave. He'll leave. But I think it'll be to another contender. Yeah. Um, I think he saw he saw this year as the Heat's chance, and uh, yeah, I, agree I don't with that. I don't think he's as confident moving forward. Um, DeAndre Ayton, I think he's, he's restricted. He's a restricted free agent. I think. Yeah, I think he's gone. Um, I think they really damaged their relationship. Uh, I don't think him and Monty are. I think words that have been said about that, like kind of, they they didn't have a great relationship this year at all. Um, I think. I would say either the Hornets or the Spurs. Hornets or Spurs. Wow. Yeah. And okay. that, and that key, like that in mind, it could be, um, I, you got to think if you're the Suns, you're trying to do it as a sign and trade because if they're just going to let him walk or if they let like it get, they're not going to the let point, him walk. If it, yeah, if they let it get to the point where it is a restricted free agent and someone puts out an offer sheet, you're screwed. You can't do a sign and trade. So yeah. I think they got to make up their mind and then, you know, go from there yeah well, you never know with the uh sun's ownership and especially we, yeah. obviously we haven't heard a lot about the investigation with the suns but something's going to come out soon obviously and that's going to yeah. turn everything upside down um uh bradley beal we did mention him but you think he'll probably stay i think he's a loser i think he's gonna stay <laughs> loser as in what loyal you mean a loyal loser he's loyal i guess loyal to loyal, a fault but like he just doesn't care about winning he just wants to get his contract but then at the same time like him and his wife or his wife's like bitching on twitter about like him not being an all-star like getting all nba yeah and it's like and he's also he also he also does um wine on the court or pout on the court sometimes so yeah if you want to be on a, a winning team, i don't know then don't like, be what, what what do you think what do you see as like the best fit for him like on another team if you were to leave i don't know i think he's a three um so i think we talked about the Sixers before I think that makes sense I don't think I'm not sure if it does now though with Maxi's development like you don't get Beal without giving up Maxi, so I, I don't think I would I'm not I'm not told on that okay um how about the heat heat I could see that yeah they need a second guy uh they definitely do I could see that as a good fit I don't know how you is think he, that works is he a heat guy does he have heat culture I don't know You're not, you can't be <laughs> whining like that and and heat culture so that would probably be revolved or i'm not sure they have enough to get them though like i don't see the wizards being that interested in like a duncan robinson tyler hero and a bunch of picks but who the hell knows yeah um trying to think oh luca that would be a great match i don't know i was thinking about that before the pot for the episode he no i think he's not good defensively you can't have two guards next to each other that aren't great defensively. I, I mean, they made it work Unless kind of this just year. Stack up on wings, but yeah, especially with Christian. But that's what Wood, I'm saying. That we would don't be have the best offense the ever. In the first yeah, 
Yeah, Mavs don't have many wings. They, I think that's where the Mavs need to improve. They just got Christian Wood, um, which I think it'll be he'll be a good fit uh, catching lobs, um, and he can shoot a little bit. Um, long, versatile guy. I'm not sh- sure how well how good he is on on the defensive end, but I think he'll be a good fit. I think it'll be. I think they mostly just have to attack wings, dudes that can that can cover Luca defensively, um, that can take the best guy. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is really the Mavs' only like really good wing defender. Um, yeah. I mean, Reggie Bullock is a little bit, but he's more of a guard. I, I wouldn't consider him a wing. Yeah. He's a, he's a little bit smaller, especially with the having to deal with the Clippers again this year, being back. Yeah, yeah especially all that exposure last year. Yeah. So uh, staying on the Mavs, what do you think the Mavs do with Brunson? He's restricted pop- too, right? Um, I think he is because he, yeah. he's drafted by the Mavs. I think so. I think they'll end up re-signing him, honestly. I think that, similar to what you said, I think they'll maybe try to upgrade the center position. I don't think Dwight Powell's going to really be the answer. I don't know what he is contractually. Um, I think Hardaway's probably gone, right? Isn't he? Is his contract up? No, I think I think Hardaway will be back. I I think I think they're going to probably sign and trade Brunson. Wow. I think. I just read I just read something about how they would have to go into the luxury tax if they signed Brunson. So ridiculous. Like if you're an NBA owner making that much money, like go into luxury tax or sell the team. But that's what I'm saying. It's depending on what the alternative is of who they could get for Brunson, it might be worth it to then go into luxury tax with those players instead of yeah. just Brunson. So um obviously I'd like to see some mocks on that before I Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think Zach Levine does? Uh, I, I, everything I've read, it sounds like he's going to be back in Chicago. So I would say stay. Yeah. Cause he just got off season surgery, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I, I just think that, I don't know. I think, uh, I'm not sure like where else you'd want to be. I heard stuff about him, like not loving the concept of being the number, what being the number two this season behind DeRozan. But like, mm. I mean, DeRozan's getting older and, yeah. He's not going to be the number. He's not the number one on a championship team anyway. So, I mean, it's, uh, apparently there's been some, uh, and I'm sure maybe you have this dude written down anyway. Um, but apparently there's been a lot of like Rudy to Chicago buzz. Rudy to Chicago. Yeah, yeah they. I think Chicago needs to do something. I don't. The yeah. the squad they have right now and like, how they fell apart. I mean, their defense yeah. is horrible. Horrible. I mean, yeah. Part of that was also Alonzo being out, but apparently that knee seems to still be an issue. So. Yeah, I've also heard that the Mavs were also maybe in discussion with trying to see what with Gobert. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, any other free agents that uh, or players that might be moved? Um, I mean, obviously we had, we haven't talked about like Kyrie and Westbrook and what the Jazz might do, yeah. but we'll we'll talk about that in future episodes once we. I think uh, just a couple uh, a couple things just to notate real quick in regards to like the draft um, trade oriented stuff. Um, you th- I think you could see the Kings at four. Um, obviously, they like they've said the last you know fifty years, and they still haven't made the playoffs. That they're trying to compete for a playoff team. So that spot at four. Um, I mean, I think the consensus is Jaden Ivey would go there, but. Um, you know, obviously you won't always want to take the best available player. So, I mean, I think if they do stay there and pick him, I wouldn't be shocked if you see De'Aaron Fox being shopped mm. um, or, you know, potentially them trading that 
number four pick for a win now player. And then the other one would be the Blazers at seven. Um, you know, obviously they're trying to keep Dame happy and he seems like he still wants to be there, but you got to think with that number seven pick, like Dame is going to want either like a win now player or, you know, them to trade that for a player that can help them win now. Yeah. I also, uh, I was just um, listening to uh, Wendy on ESPN and he was saying that there were a lot of rumors surrounding the Hawks. Um, yeah. And them trading too. picks and uh, trying to see if they can get some more defensive wings. Uh, yeah. Who do you, I mean, you got to think that, uh, I mean, I think the biggest name in all of NBA trades has been Collins. So. Yeah. I think they'll probably get rid of him. Yeah. Where do you think he'll go? And is that what I mean? Like, I, I mean, would you I want know. like a would you is that what you would want him for? Like just like another wing defender type player or like a guard to play next to Trey? Like what do you think their biggest need is? Yeah, I think I mean it it seems like they're gonna rely on Capella again to anchor the de- this the defense, which he did two years ago. So, you know, I don't think he's like washed or anything. Um it might have been just he was injured a few times this year. Um, so hopefully he can get back to it. If if he can get back to, you know, two years ago, similar um, impact. Um, I, I like moving John Collins just because I, I think, you know, they both are lob catchers. Um, John Collins is more can spread the floor a little bit, but, you know, they have a lot of shooters. They don't need him to shoot. Um, so if they do move him, I just, you know, I think they should try to re-up on or try to load up on wings um, yeah. any defensive wings i mean if and i'm trying maybe to think of a, a guard in the backcourt that can play with trey like yeah a guard uh yeah i've heard i've heard them trying to move bogdan um he yeah. you know he is he's already in his like 30s um because he he was like a rookie and they seem like to like five uh yeah they like hoarder he's 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 younger too um he, you know he can he can he's not bad defensively um can I interest you in one Tobias Harris? <laughs> the Hawks? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Collins would be a good fit here. Yeah, I'll, tr- I'll trade you Tobias Harris for Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone anyway. Um, so uh, d- the NBA draft um, that you mentioned, it. Um, what I saw is the top three projected picks were going to be most of the projections that I saw were going to be Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Paolo, Paolo Benchero. Paolo Benchero. It's not, it's not Benchero. It's Bencaro, I think. Bencaro, yeah. Who do you think uh, is going to go number one to the Magic? I think Jabari probably will. Um, honestly, I'm, Both, I think, all all power forwards. Yeah, I think, in my opinion. Um, Chet has the highest ceiling, but he also has the highest bust potential. Um, I think sounds like Poku. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I like uh, I like Paolo the best. Honestly, um, he gets some like Tatum comps. I mean, he's an absolute stud offensively. I mean, I think he measured. It in looks at, like, like his body's already ready. Yeah, he measured in at like six eleven without shoes or something. So like, damn. He's that tall. Absolute Fuck. monster, like great fundamentals, can shoot it. Probably not as good of a three-point shooter as Tatum or the potential to get there, but just like super smooth offensive game, like probably will be the favorite to win rookie of the year this year. Um, and obviously, there, there's some questions on the defensive side in terms of rim protection and motor, uh, but I, I see him as the best player in the draft. 
I my opinion isn't very informed, but I'm gonna go with Jabari Smith. Is gonna be the best player in the draft. Yeah, I think he's like the the safe pick for the Magic. Um, I saw something today that like the Magic were the worst three point shooting team in the NBA. I'm like, dude, do not pick the number one pick in the draft just based on someone who's a good three point shooter. I mean, obviously Jabari has a lot as of a power other- forward though. I know, I know. He shot well. He shot at like forty-two percent from three. Um, uh, do you think Chet is more likely to be a bust or to be an all-star? Um, you got to say bust. I would definitely say bust over like superstar, but I mean all-star is like not the craziest thing in the world bro, to, to see from him. All-star is pretty tough, bro. It's only like what. A one-time all-star, though, I could see it. Uh, on the Magic? <laughs> well, he's not going to go to the Magic. He's going to go to the Thunder. <laughs> and they won't be good for another eight yeah, years. Yeah, anyway. for nine years, yeah. Um, he'll make it in his 10th season. Uh, it'll be like the uh, Mike Conley pick. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right, so I think um, I think we got pretty much everything covered for post-finals. Um, obviously, the draft on Thursday. Before we jump off, I just wanted to revisit Club Superstar one more time, just quickly. Uh, we last last episode we uh, got in a little bit of a debate with Tatum, with uh, or maybe two episodes ago with uh, with uh, Songo on. Um, do you think Do you think Tatum drops any from his finals performance, like in the way that we thought, or is it just no, kind of? I don't think. I think he showed this playoffs that he belongs in that. You know, top what is it, twelve? Yeah, I don't think I think your point was fair when you were saying like before the finals, like if he wins it, like you, we have to consider him top five. I think yeah. people got to pump the brakes on that. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely very Not even, premature. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I still think he, he he belongs in that top 12. Got it. Yeah. I, I think it's like, you know, like I said, you don't win a championship as the best player that age. Like he played like the probably the most minutes out of everyone in the NBA like coming yeah. off like just an Olympic run too like I, I don't really think there's too much negative to take I mean as much as you know I hate the Celtics more than anyone yeah. on, the, on this planet um but yeah I really don't think there's too much now I, I think on on the brown side that I think that could exposure seriously could give them some trouble or like kind of give up more of a blueprint on how teams will cover him um brown really yeah just i mean he was uh, i mean he literally can't dribble and like he's just so out of control um i i feel like it just might give teams a better blueprint on how to defend him moving forward um you know putting that pressure on him wasn't that the knock on tatum though like two years ago couldn't dribble i don't think to that extent And, and i've just heard it's and tatum had way more turnovers than brown Tatum had the ball in his hands way more than Brown. I know, but he's the and best. He's the best player, right? Exactly. But it, I, he I scored it, less. I don't. I think this would be. I'd be more nervous on Brown. I mean, dude, Tatum showed this postseason his playmaking ability. Well, well, hold on. We can. Right we you can. I think it's fair to say maybe they maybe it showed that they're not a fit. But I don't think it's fair to say that Brown played way worse than Tatum and it exposed Tatum. No, 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 I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I think it could have been a little bit of a blueprint for on how teams will play Jalen Brown moving forward in terms but of... But on the Celtics team, not not Brown as an individual player. 
like I mean they he he took he took it to the basket against but all the other teams. He had to make teams. more than two or three dribbles. He was dribbling it off his Yeah, but he was also and, playing maybe the best defensive team in the league, so Yeah. I don't so, know. I I mean I'm just saying we we don't always see that with him. We just see, maybe we see that with like the best defensive teams and he just has to get better. I don't think that exposes him. I think it exposed his handle a lot this this postseason. All right. I mean, I, I think it exposed the Celtics in general, but we'll see. But like you said, not many teams have that defensive personnel to, yeah, to do exactly. that. Like yeah. two like very, very strong wing defenders. Um, and even, you know, guys coming off the bench, like I know you get out and play much, but like Gary Payton, they just yeah. had a lot of on-ball defenders that were super strong and yeah. I mean, not many teams in the NBA, and they all do their job perfectly on the defensive end. Even like yeah. Curry, he even though yeah, he's not he's the best so defender, he just he's always in the right spots. Yeah, and uh, even even Clay, like he has lost a step, but I mean, he showed down the last couple games, you know, that he could still be effective. Yeah. All right, cool. So to, that wraps up this episode. Thank you, Gladdy. Thank you to everyone out there. Please rate, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace.